If you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in Psalms 23. Psalms 23, along with a couple of other passages. And we're starting our summer series called Soul Refresh. Everyone say, Soul Refresh. How many, how many could use a little refreshing? Yes. I mean, a little refreshing. And that's, that's going to be the theme of our, our summer series as, as we come. That in, this, in the summer season, you know, we, we, take, we take breaks. There's a time of refreshment. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be, to be refreshed? Well, if you look in the dictionary, what it means is to give new strength. To give new strength. It's not just taking a break. It's not just taking a vacation. It's receiving new strength. And I want to say to each one of us today that the Lord has refreshment for you because there are things that he is wanting you to be prepared for in the next season. And so receiving that refreshment, receiving that strength today is for the task and for the purpose and the plan and the call that he has for you. And so when we look, when we think about the concept of refreshment, um, I, was, I was trying to think of an example of this. And my youngest son, Nathan, he's, he's nine, going to turn 10 uh, this year. And he plays in uh, these different football tournaments. And they'll take a Saturday and they will have six games. It's a, it's a, whole, it's a whole tournament. They go and they'll, they'll play from 8 a.m. to usually about 2 p.m. It's a, every parent's dream to give your Saturdays to these ex- adventures. And... And, uh, and what will happen is his, t- his team is, is pretty good. And, and there's, there's times where they will win the first three or four games. And then at the end of the day, after they've played four, five, six games, they start to get tired. And they will, they will, lose, they will lose toward the end of the day to teams that they had beaten earlier in the day. And I was talking to Melissa about this, and I'm like, we need to bring, like, some snacks. You know, I remember when you played, played uh, soccer as a kid, at halftime you'd always get orange slices, right? We need, uh, this team needs some orange slices to get through. They need some refreshment. They need to be able to regain some strength so they can finish the task, finish the purpose that they have. The purpose for refreshment, the purpose of allowing our soul to be refreshed is for, is, isn't just for, to have a nice moment. It's the purpose is because God has a plan for you, a purpose for you, a task for you. And sometimes that purpose and that task can seem overwhelming. And if it does, then it's a sign that your soul needs to be refreshed. So the question today is, how does, how does our soul become refreshed? How does our soul become refreshed? refreshed. In our culture, we would say that we go take a vacation. And if there's any, any vacation that would be uh, maybe stereotypical is you go on a cruise, all right? How many have ever been on a cruise before, all right? If you go on a cruise, uh, there's basically uh, two things that you do. You either are sleeping or you're eating. One of those two things, all right? <laughs> Uh, that, that's, that's literally about it. I mean, I know there's, there's some shows. I mean, there, I know there's a casino on board and none of us would ever do that. We have better uses for our money. I'm just, in case you were wondering. Um, you either are sleeping or you're eating and you come off of a cruise, not always feeling refreshed. You usually feel like a lazy blob of a person uh, because you've, you've, you've explored all of the buffets that have ever existed in the history of mankind. And... And as a result, you don't feel fresh, you feel weighed down. There's this place where our culture says that a refreshment is is an indulgence. 
is, is indulging in binging a TV show. It's indulging in food. It's, it's, taking, it's taking a prolonged, uh, a prolonged sleep. And, and there's an aspect where all of those things can be, can be necessary at times. However, that's not what refreshment is. And as we look at the word of God, I believe that the Lord has refreshment for you. And it's, it's coming to a place of understanding. What does that look like? So point number one, these notes are, uh, are on our app if you're interested in following along. The passages of scripture are there uh, as well. Number one is this. Refreshment is found in Christ. Refreshment is found in Christ. Peter says this in the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. He's preaching to a group of, a pe- group of people as he, he has just performed a miracle. And he says this, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. When we think of coming to a place of refreshment, I don't think any of us started with the concept of repentance. But that's what Peter says right here. Repent of your sins, turn to God, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And here in this passage, we see three things. Three things that that bring refreshment, that bring encouragement, that bring strength to who we are. And it's an acronym. It's called RAP. Don't worry, I will not be rapping this morning. Uh, that's, that, that's our next service, and Pastor Jaime will be rapping. Uh, and so, stay, so you can stay for that, for that service. But it, it's why are there times of refreshment that come in the presence of the Lord when we come and we turn to him? The first, the first reason is this, is that there's relief from what burdens us. Relief from what burdens us. You know, when we come to a place of carrying the load of our own sin the Lord of our own mistakes, the, Lord, uh, the load of our, own, uh, of our own poor decisions. We carry those things on our own, but the word of the Lord says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when we come to the Lord, there is an unburdening of our soul before him, and there's a refreshment that comes because he is the one that is carrying the things that we were never meant to carry. We are never meant to carry everything that we do. And so there's a relief from that burden. Have you ever been carrying something heavy uh, and, and someone comes and, and re- relieves you of that burden? Imagine, imagine uh, at least in my house, it looks like coming in from the grocery store and you're overburdened with bags and someone comes and takes all of those bags from you. Your, your arms, which the, the plastic uh, uh, bands are cutting into and you've got the little marks on them and it's heavier than you want, but you only wanted to make one trip. And so uh, how many un- understand what that's like, right? And, and someone comes, your, your wonderful husband comes and unburdens you of, of, of that. And, and what, what ha- what's the first thing that happens? Your, your arms, which are so, so tight, oh, there, there's, there's a relief that comes. Now imagine that with our own soul, of the things that we are carrying over and over again, and the Lord says, listen, I can come and carry that for you. But there's going to have to be a point where you are giving those things over to him. And so Peter says, Repent of your sins, turn to God, that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come in the presence of the Lord. So the first, the first part of that acronym, RAP, if you're wanting refreshment this summer, RAP, it's, there's relief for the, burdens, uh, for the burdens of our soul, the relief from what burdens us. Number two is that there's an alignment. There's an alignment. When we come to the Lord and we allow that place of repentance, we allow that turning back to him, we are aligning ourselves with who God is. 
And in that same way, there, in, that, in that alignment, there's a strength that comes. There's a, there's a purpose that comes. If you've ever been to a chiropractor and they align your back, that's what has been in pain. That which has been uh, not operating efficiently now is aligned and now there's health and strength to it. When we allow our hearts to align to the Lord, there's a refreshment and a strength that comes to our soul. The third thing is that we see in this is that there's the presence of the one who loves us. When we come and we allow our refreshment to be found in Christ, we, we are coming into a presence that restores who we are. If you ever traveled to visit family or a friend and the, the flight may be long, uh, the, 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 the journey may be long, the, you know, we're, we're about to go drive up to Sacramento uh, and so it's, it's nine hours in the car with five, with five screaming children. That is the definition of refreshment right there. <laughs> and, and with that, when you get to the destination, you forget the journey because you're now in the presence of the person that you meant to come see. And you may have, you may have had the experience of, of traveling a long way, and then when you get to your destination, you stay up all night talking, playing games, enjoying the presence of the person that you came to see. There's a refreshment that comes when you're in the presence of the right person. And it, with, with the Lord, there's refreshment in the presence of God that he wants to bring to your life. So when we, talk about, when we talk about a soul refresh, a season of refreshment, it's not just that, hey, everyone, let's all take a cruise. I mean, that'd be wonderful. I mean, however, that doesn't refresh your soul. The word of the Lord says that times of refreshment come in the presence of God. The second thing about refreshment is this, is that the adversary will resist the rest of the people of God. Or the adversary will resist the refreshment of the people of God. The, the desire in our culture, in the same way that our culture says, what refreshes the soul is the indulgence of your base appetites. That's what, that's what refreshment is. Our same culture would say, mm, you know what, uh, refreshment, you don't have time for refreshment. You know, you got you to gotta do what, what, you got to get in the grind. You got to be able to work it all out or, or the, the, the misunderstanding or the, or the lie of the fact that, you know, if you took a break, the world would stop spinning. Everything would come crashing down around you and life would be irrecoverable. I've never felt like that, that if you took a vacation, if you just missed one day of work or one day of actually one day of cleaning the house, that may actually ha happen in our house, uh, that the laundry piles up and is never recoverable. But, but that, that, that spirit of saying, if I step out and take, take a break, if I take out and allow, allow my soul to be refreshed, everything will come crashing down around me. How have I ever felt that, that, that temptation before? That temptation comes from the adversary, and I'll show you where. In the book of Exodus chapter 5, book of Exodus chapter 5, Moses and Aaron come before Pharaoh. The children of Israel are enslaved in Egypt. Pharaoh is their master. And in that, Pharaoh is, is a picture of uh, oppression of the people of God. And as, as, as Moses and Aaron come to him, Exodus chapter 5, verse 1, Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh and they told him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so that they may hold a festival in my honor in the wilderness. Let them take a break. Let them take a break from their labor that they may go honor the Lord. It says it right there in, in they may take a festival in the wilderness. 
Here's, here's Pharaoh's reply. Is that so? Who is the Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. Verse three, but Mo, uh, Aaron and Moses persisted. He says, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. They declared, let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness so that we can offer our sacrifices to the Lord. Pharaoh replied, Moses and Aaron, why are you distracting the people from their tasks? Get back to work. Look, there are many of your people in the land and you are stopping them from their work. That same day, Pharaoh sent this order to the Egyptian slave drivers and the Israelite foremen. Do not supply any more straw for making bricks. Make the people get it themselves. But they still require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce their quota. They are lazy. That's why they are crying out. Let us go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. Load them down with more work. Make them sweat. That, they will, that will teach them to listen to lies. In our culture, there's this spirit. We would call it a workaholic spirit. That would say, if you, if, you take, if you take a rest, if you take a Sabbath, if you take a break, you are lazy, you are inattentive to your work, you are, you are not honoring the Lord, you're not honoring your family, you are not honoring yourself. You've heard all of these lies in some form or another. Where do those come from? They come right here, from the pit of hell. Exodus chapter 5. Were the children of Israel lazy? No, absolutely not. Were they believing lies? No, absolutely not. They were... They were being obedient to the word of the Lord. And Pharaoh is saying, those are lies. How many times in our culture do we see the word of the Lord declared and, people, and, and the culture and the world around us saying that the word of the Lord is false? Here it comes down to a, to a work ethic of saying, if you honor the Lord, you are lazy. If you, honor, if, you honor, if you allow the Lord to refresh your soul, there's a place, of, there's a place where you will have to work harder you will have to work longer, you will have more work, and you are lazy because of it. That is not the truth of what Peter says, that in the presence of the Lord there is refreshing. Moses and Aaron were asking the people to go meet with the Lord, to receive that refreshing. And so the things and the, the lies within our culture and the lies within our own soul that would, that would speak to us, that would say that you don't deserve, you're not worthy of, you're not, uh, that, that rest is not available to you, is a lie from the pit of hell that is to keep the people of God from renewing their strength. What are, how do those, what are some of those lies, what do they look like? We see that one, you can't rest. You can't rest. So, you know, so the, the Pharaoh says that the children of Israel, you are not allowed to rest. Well, I have news for Pharaoh. Pharaoh doesn't have the final word. We serve a God that has the final word. And it, was, it is finished. And the lies of the adversary against you are finished in the name of Jesus. How many would say amen to that? Amen. The second way that this lie takes place is that you are not able to rest. That if you, if you took a break, if you took a break, everything comes crashing down around you. And let me, if, if that is you, and I know that there's some of us, I have struggled with that in, in my own life uh, at times. And let, let me know, there's only one Messiah. And you're not him, all right? His name is Jesus. His name's not your name. And so if, if, if he is saying, come into my presence and you will receive a refreshing for your soul, then you can leave the work that you are doing 
to receive the refreshing of God. In fact, we see this story with Mary and Martha in in the Gospels, that Jesus comes into town, and there's uh, these two sisters. One came and sat at his feet, and the other continued to do her her work. Not Not because she was evil, but because in her studiousness, she was trying to in a, it work out herself. Jesus, look at all the things I'm doing for you. And the Lord says, no, no, would you come and sit at my feet? Because there's, in my presence, there's times of refreshing. In my presence, there's times of refreshing. It's not saying that the work never has to get done. It's saying that there's times where you need to be in the presence of God. This summer, I think the Lord is calling each one of us to examine our own hearts and allow a refreshing to come to our soul because we've been in the presence of God. Number three, the, the, the third way that this, this lie manifests is that you are not the source of your rest. You are not the source of your rest. We talked about in our culture, what does rest look like? What does refreshment look like? It looks like taking a nap and it looks like eating food. It looks like... It looks like Pleasing our base desires. That's not what Peter says in Acts chapter 3. It says from the presence of the Lord. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23. Psalms chapter 23, it's a passage that probably all of us are familiar with. One of the most famous passages in, in all of Scripture. It says that the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. In verses, two, in verses 2, it says, He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. The temptation of the world around us is that we are restored because we lay down in the green meadows. We're restored because we le- are, come by the still waters. But that's not what the passage says. The passage says that the good shepherd leads us to those places. But restoration comes from him, his hand. He restores my soul. The refreshment and the, and the, the, the renewing of, of our lives, the renewing of our hearts, comes from the hand of God. It doesn't come from the food that we eat and the things that we drink and the naps that we take. It comes because we've been in the presence of the Lord. And he is the one that restores our soul. How many would say amen to that? So the question then is, how in that, in that Psalms 23, how do we come to a place where we can, by the hand of the Lord, be led into those green meadows and those, 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 those calm waters? There's a man, uh, there's a shepherd who wrote a book about 50 years ago, which is kind of a commentary on Psalms 23, and it was, it's called, Observ- what is it called? Observations of Psalms 23 from a Shepherd. And this, this man who studied the word of God and this man who also was a shepherd in, in South Africa came and said, here's from a shepherd's point of view, what, part of why David is saying what he says. And he says, in order for, in his, his experience, in order for a sheep to come and lie down in green pastures, there's four things that have to happen. There's four needs that need to be met within our heart and within our lives so that we can come to a place of rest. The first is not is this is that that sheep, which in this passage we are described as, which is not very flattering. I have an issue with that between between the Lord. We're called sheep. We're not we're not we have no needs to care for ourselves and we cannot protect ourselves. We're literally uh, 
completely vulnerable. And the Lord calls each one of us sheep. That should say something about the reality of, of our need for the Lord and our need for his protection. There's four things that need to happen in order for us to receive this restoration from the hands of the Lord. This, number one is this, is that sheep won't lie down if they're afraid. Sheep won't lie down if they're afraid. They will stay aware. They'll stay agitated. And, and there's this place where in our own in our own in our own life, the sheep have no ability to protect themselves. I don't know if you've noticed, sheep don't have like claws, all right? They're not going to come and attack you. If, if you were to meet a wild sheep out and, out, in the, uh, uh, out, out and about, you would not be afraid because they have no capacity to hurt you. And, and so with that, when we come to a place of fear, when we come to a place of fear, where does that, where, where is our protection? Our protection is in the shepherd. The Lord who, who guards us and protects us each step along the way. So if there's a place where you're struggling to come to a place of refreshment because of the, the fears that surround you, those are fears that need to be placed in the hands of the shepherd. Who is the one who is able to meet your needs? The second reason that sheep struggle, uh, struggle to, to rest is if there's friction within, within the herd. That if, there's, if, if all the other sheep for some reason or another are agitated, then they can't be calm. And there's places where in our own, in our own life that when there's strife with, with other people, I don't know if you've ever been at church before and been angry at your spouse. I've heard, I, this has never happened to me, um, but I've heard that it's happened to some people before. Probably no one in this room, but for example, sake. If you're struggling with another person, if you're struggling with your spouse and there's friction, sometimes there's, there's trouble coming into the presence of God and receiving everything that the Lord has for you because of that friction. And the Lord says today to us, if, if the, the struggle for you in coming into the presence of God is that friction with somebody else, whether that's a family member, whether that's, that's a, uh, someone in the church, wh- whoever that is, Come to a point of forgiveness with them. In fact, the gospel says it this way. If you come to the altar and you have unforgiveness, you have strife with with another brother in in the house of God, leave your offering at the altar and go take care of that situation. Because that friction will not allow you to rest in the presence of God. It will not allow you to receive everything that that he has for you. So we see that the struggles for sheep to receive the refreshment of God is that if there's a place of fear, but we know that he's our shepherd. It's a place of of friction with somebody else, and he calls us to a place of of forgiveness. The third thing is that that from this shepherd's point of view, a a reason that that sheep struggle to lie down in the green pastures is if there are uh, lots of bugs or or flies. Uh, And... A couple years ago, I was, I was backpacking uh, up, in, up in the Sierras with my cousin, and this was, we were much younger, stronger, and not better looking, but uh, in better shape at least. And we came to this, we came to this meadow up in, up in the Sierras. You go through these different passes, and you'll get by these, these lakes and just these beautiful meadows. And as we're, we are coming into one of them, and we thought, oh, this is where we're going to spend the night. And as we start to enter this, this meadow, there's a, there's a group of hikers, about three or four of them, and they are hustling, hustling out of this meadow. And this is, this is your picturesque green meadow. 
It says if, if, there, if Jesus had a, a place where the herd of sheep as the good shepherd would go, he'd have them go here. And they were hustling out of this meadow. And we were like, what is going on? And they're like, there, don't even go in there. There are so many flies. Well, we had to, we had to get through there to get onto the next des- destination anyway. And as we started walking in, it was like we were the buffet for all of the flies that were on the cruise ship of that meadow. And there was, I mean, they were in your nose, you would breathe and they were in your mouth. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. There was no rest in that place. There's no rest because of the amount of, the amount of flies that were present there. There's irritants that come into our, into our, into our, our, our own lives. And I think there's two, there's two solutions to that. Number one, there's this place where we come and we cast our cares on the Lord and he takes care of it. The second solution, and it's the solution that we found in the meadow that we were at, about halfway through as we were hiking through there, there was the, the flies went away. And the flies went away because there was a gentle breeze that began to blow through that meadow. And as that gentle breeze blew through that meadow, those flies couldn't withstand even like a three mile an hour wind. They, there's, there's, they had no power if there was just a, a, gentle, a gentle breeze. And there's this place where the Lord wants to breathe into our lives the Holy Spirit that would, that would blow away the irritants, the irritants of the things that would swarm around us. And if you're in a place where you're saying, Lord, there's, there's so many things that just, that just I, I never feel like I can have a place of rest, ask for the Lord to breathe his Holy Spirit onto your situation and allow there to be the presence of God that brings rest into your soul. How many would say amen to that? Amen. The fourth reason, the fourth reason that these, this shepherd says that there's, there's uh, you can't rest. One, if, if they're afraid or if there's friction, if there's flies. And the third is that if you're hungry, if, you, if, you, if you're wanting to rest and you are hungry, there's famine in the land. And the Lord says this, Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. As believers, we should never be at a place where we are spiritually hungry because the Lord has made provision for us through Jesus Christ. You know, as, as, as many of you know, Melissa and I, we have, we have five kids. One of the things that we realize is that kids don't go to sleep very well if they're hungry. Um, Period. I mean, I can, I can wish it all I want. And, and Melissa's always may, way more aware of this, uh, of like, hey, we cannot put our little, our little one, Al, she's three, can't put her to bed. She has not eaten dinner. I'm like, well, she's crying. It's time to go to bed. <laughs> and she's like, no, she will wake up. She will not sleep. She will not rest unless those base needs are met. Jesus meets the needs that you have. And you may say that there's Pastor, there's, there's these, these needs, there's a need that I have that I feel like in a, on a spiritual level, I cannot rest. The Lord is the one who meets that need. The Lord is the one. You can look for, you can look for that need to be met a thousand different ways. But Jesus says he is the bread of life. He is the one that comes to meet that base, fundamental need within our soul. And if you're saying of yourself, there's a hunger that I have that I don't know the solution for, the solution and the antidote is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. People will search the, the whole world, the whole world looking for, looking for the answer, and his name is Jesus. So as we come to a place of receiving rest, we know that the adversary doesn't want us to rest. 
and that there's, there's irritants, there's things that, that can keep us from that rest, whether that's hunger or whether that's fear or whether that's the circumstances going around us. Jesus is the solution to each one of that, each one of those. So as we come to this season of refreshing our soul, we see number one, rest is available for every single one of us. The adversary wants to keep us from resting. Number three is this, is that we are to be refreshed in all seasons. We are to be refreshed in all seasons. One of the beautiful things about Psalms 23 is that there's three different places that the the psalmist talks about where the shepherd is guiding the sheep. There's three different places. The first is that he leads us down the paths of righteousness. In fact, that's why that's why he, uh, he, he, led, he led the sheep to that place, the, the cool meadows, to be refreshed, because he's leading us to the paths of righteousness. That goes hand in hand in Acts chapter 3, that as we come to the Lord and as we align our lives with who Christ is, there is a refreshing that comes in the presence of God. He's, the Lord wants to lead you down the paths of righteousness as you follow Follow him all the days of your life. And in fact, not only does it say he's going to lead you down the paths of righteousness, but for the whole of your life, goodness and mercy will follow after you. Goodness and mercy will follow after you. The second place that we see that the Lord, that that the good shepherd is with us is that he is walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Not only is the Lord leading us down the paths of righteousness, but we see in that paths of righteousness that there's times where we will be in the valley of the shadow the valley of the shadow of death sounds, sounds scary, sounds scary, but I, 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 want, I want to make two, two observations. One, it's the valley of the shadow of death. It's not the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. Last time I checked, shadows don't have any power. They don't have, if, if there's a shadow of something, it's not going to bite me. It's not going to hurt me. A shadow can't impede my way going forward. And there's times, listen, there's times where in our walk with the Lord, there's going to be shadows that, that, that would say to us or instill in us a place of fear. And the Lord says, no, I have conquered death. You're just seeing the shadow. I've conquered death. You're just seeing the shadow. And there's a place where what looks to impede our way has no power or authority over the people of God. And there may be shadows that cross our path, but the Lord is leading us in paths of righteousness and he's leading us even through the valley of the shadow. And it may get dark at times, but he's conquered death and he's leading us all the way through it. How many would say amen to that? So there's a place where he's leading us through the paths of righteousness. He's leading us through the valley of the shadow. And then the third, the third destination, the third place that we see in the psalm is that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. In the same way that the Lord feed, the good shepherd feeds the flock by still waters and in green meadows, he also will meet your needs in the presence of your enemies. And you may be going through a situation, you may go, be going through a reality right now where you say, Pastor, I'm not facing shadows, but I am facing very real enemies. And even in that situation, the Lord is meeting the needs of his people in the same way that he fed them on the paths of righteousness. He is feeding them in the presence of the enemies. And not only is he feeding them, but there's an anointing 
And the, it says that my cup runneth over, meaning, meaning this, that there is more than enough provision when your enemies surround you. And even in that situation, the Lord is faithful. In the same way that he has defeated death so that we can walk through the valley of the shadow, he's defeated the enemies that would surround you as well. And he prepares a table. He meets every single one of your needs in that situation. If we're surrounded by, if we're surrounded by enemies, there's, the, there's a place where we can feel, we can feel like there's no hope. We can feel like the enemies are, are, greater than the, are, are greater than our capacity to be able to meet that. And the Lord's not asking you to, in your capacity to defeat the enemies. He's saying, would, I, would you allow me to refresh your soul and provide for you? Would you allow the good shepherd to step in on your behalf? Because you can't fight those enemies on your own. You're a sheep. You don't have claws. You don't have... I guess you have teeth, but they're not very sharp, all right? If your enemies were grass, you'd be in great shape. But the Lord is a good shepherd, and he is protecting you each step along the way and providing for you. Worship team, come on up. The, th- the final thing is this, is that we are refreshed for a purpose. We are refreshed for a purpose. We said in the beginning that, that receiving the refreshing of God is a renewing of our strength. The Lord wants to renew your strength for a purpose, for a call, for for a plan that he has for you. And in that, that we don't have to be afraid. We We don't have to step away from his call. To receive the refreshing of God allows us to step into the call and the plan that he has for us. So the question that we opened uh, this morning with is, how do we receive the refreshing of God? We see, that, we see that he's provided it for us. We see that the adversary wants to take it from us. But he gives us, this ref- he gives us refreshing. He gives us refreshing so that we can fulfill the purpose and the call that he has over each one of our lives. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And it comes when we come into his presence is when we are not only, is there a renewing of our strength, but there's an identification of the call and the plan and the purpose that he has for you. God doesn't renew our strength so that we can keep living in our brokenness. He renews our strength so that we can live in the promise and the fulfillment that he has for us. Acts chapter three, what we opened up the message with. Now repent for your sins and turn to God then times of refreshment will come in the presence of the Lord. In this season, in these next, in these next few weeks where, in this summer season, the Lord has a, refresh, a refreshing for you, and it comes because of the presence of God. How many would say amen to that? Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit that comes alongside us, that comes to blow by your Spirit, the irritants in our way that cloud our vision, that allow us not to rest. Lord, today, Lord, we, we know that you are our shepherd. We know that you prepare a table for us. We know that you meet our needs. We know that you are the bread of life. 
We know that, that in your presence there is fullness of joy and in your presence there is refreshment for our soul. So Lord, today, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would breathe your spirit over each one of us. That we would not go searching for a renewal, uh, a renewal of our own, uh, our own soul or a rest for our, our bodies anywhere else but by your presence. Lord, that you are the one that restores our soul. You may be here today and you would say, Pastor, I need that refreshing and I need that re restoration of my soul. And I know that, I know that it, it has to be Jesus and I need to open up my heart to his love and his grace this morning. I've been searching a long, uh, I've been searching a long time, I've been searching a lot of different ways. But Jesus is the one. And when you said that in the message, there was something that in my own heart that struck a chord and I need to open up my heart to his love today. If that's you, would you look up at me right now and that we would agree together that today you're opening up your heart to the love of Jesus Christ. If I'm missing you right now, would you just raise your hand? I don't wanna miss anyone in this room. I agree with you today and I agree with you today. The Lord comes to be Lord of your life. The Lord comes to, to bring refreshing and restoration to your soul today. It's available right now right now. If you just opened up your heart to, to Jesus, would you turn to somebody next to you or in front of you and just say, hey, I'm opening up my heart to Jesus today. Would you? And the reason I ask you to do this is the Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you just open up your heart to the Lord, you just tell the person next to you, would there be anyone else that would say that today, pastor, I'm, I'm opening up my heart to Jesus Christ and I, want, I, don't, I don't want you to miss me. Is there anyone else? Lord, I thank you for these two, and I thank you for all of us. Lord, that today, today, you have refreshment and restoration for our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Prayer team, if you would come forward. As we come to a conclusion in our service today, we have elders down front that would love to pray with you. In fact, you may have just opened up your heart to the love of Jesus Christ, and if you do, we want to help you take that next step in your walk with God. We have a book for you, and we would love to partner with you in walking through these next seasons of your own, your own faith journey. The journey of faith is not walked alone, but it's walked in community together, and we want to help you walk yours. You may be here today, and you would say, Pastor, there's a couple things that I'd just love someone to pray with me for. If that's you, come on down. As we dismiss, come on down front. We'd love to pray with you and, and partner with you with what God's doing as we go. Let's be refreshed by the presence of God, knowing that that restoration, that renewal of strength comes from Him and from Him alone. Amen. If you would like it, lunch with the pastor is going to be right up those, uh, those stairs. We'll start there in about five minutes. We'd love to see you there. God bless. Have a great, have a great Sunday.